Blog Talk Radio. Hallelujah. Lord, you are magnified. God. And right now, Father God, but both. Everyone under the and the that you're able to call in to be in on the line with uh, myself. I have some great, powerful women of God that is also going to be on the line with me as well. They're going to be sharing their experiences, their testimonies, and just giving you a part of who they are in Christ, in Christ Jesus, and how Christ has emanated in them through their lives, through their testimonies and how he's doing a great work even now because, as we know, it's a continuous process. It's, you never arrive in Christ. It's always a continuous process, and we thank God that his hand is on each and every one of us that is on the line that's under the sound of my voice. We thank God that he's doing a great and mighty work. We thank God for the ever-increasing faith that he's bringing forth through each and every one of us, even in this hour. And uh, what we're going to be talking about on this show tonight is basically three different subjects, but it all really combines into one, which is God's grace. And one is going to be forgiveness. We're going to be talking about forgiveness. We're going to be talking about grace and mercy. And, And all that encompasses love, the love of God. And the love of God that passes all understanding as well as the peace of God that passive all understanding is what God is all about and what God wants to reveal through each and every one of us because we are to be the living epistles. We are to be the ambassadors in Christ. And it's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. That's why we're called to renew our minds daily. We have to renew our minds daily because this walk is not a walk, a worldly walk. It's a spiritual walk. And we are spiritual beings in a human body, you know, and as we continue to remember that, we'll be able to keep moving through in this realm in God, moving towards his truth, knowing that his spirit is in us and that we are just experiencing things in this world, in this human body, that's really clothing our spirit. But our spirit has to continually come alive in him every single day. That's why we have to renew our minds so we can remember who we are, and whose we are. And we're going to have a powerful woman of God right now that's going to share her experience about who she is and who she she is in God. 
and what God has been to her in her life and how she is doing great and mighty things for the kingdom. And I would like um, to introduce both of them right now, and then we're going to have each of them share their experience. We have the great and powerful woman of God, uh, Evangelist Carmela, on the line. Can you just greet the audience briefly? Uh, uh, Evangelist Carmela, can you just greet the audience briefly? Uh, amen, amen, amen. And we have Evangelist Susan. Can you greet the audience briefly, Susan? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, and thank you, Jesus, that they're both on the line. And I am going to give the floor to whoever is ready to proceed. I believe we wanted to touch on the grace and mercy first, and then we can get into the forgiveness, but you know, like let's let the Holy Spirit flow because right now I'm I'm feeling that a lot of people right now are dealing with issues of forgiveness, and 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 I really would like that to to begin the subject, the matter of forgiveness, because people right now are kind of stuck in a block in their life, like a blockage you know, and wondering why things are not happening and working out the way they want them to be and why they just can't move forward in the ministry that God has called them in or even in, in just their careers and in relationships and just even in the area of their health. And so I'm just hearing right now that a lot of people that are going to be listening in, they're going to want to understand about forgiveness experiences. So, um I'm going to let my sister go forth and, and just share herself, who she is and her experience and, and in relation to forgiveness. So if we can give the line over it right now, um, praise the Lord, let the Holy Spirit lead you on the area of forgiveness. Okay. Bless God. Praise, Bless God. Praise the Lord, everybody. I uh, just want to share my story uh, and give testimony to the powers of forgiveness. Uh, in March 26, 1992, I lost four members of my family who were shot to death by another family member. And it is one of the most difficult things in my life that I have ever experienced. And one of the ways that God has moved in my life. He has allowed me to forgive the person who did this to my family. Uh, let me back up for a minute. Um, I had been trying to reach my parents all day with a sister. Uh, we had a court date due to a family matter, and um, we had been unable to reach them. And we had the police go out there and send a car to see if everything was okay. It was late at night. I wasn't able to go out there. And so the police sent a car, and when I got in touch with them to find out if everything was okay, the story is really too long. I'm really trying to condense it for you folks. Um, take, it, take your time. Take your time. Okay. Um, I, I, I asked the police to go out there to check on them because my parents were elderly. My father was 74 and my mother was 67. And I've been trying to reach them all day because of a court date, which they never appeared for. And so um, I ended up calling the police to have them check on them to make sure they were okay. When I followed up with the police, um, they told me I needed to come down to the precinct right away. And I said, well, just tell me if my parents are okay. I just, you know, I live in Brooklyn. My parents were in Queens. And they said, you just need to come down to the precinct, ma'am. At that point, I was really tired. It was kind of late. It was almost 11 o'clock at night. Um, I called another sister who was a little bit closer in Long Island and asked her to run out there and check on them and call me back and let me know. And... She hadn't gotten back to me in a while, and I decided, let me just go and check on them, still not getting an answer to the phone. As I sat on the bed of my um, room, putting on my sneakers to get ready to get in my car to go out there, it was like a 40-minute drive, 
Eyewitness News came on, and I saw a picture of my parents' house on the news with the yellow um, evidence tape across the door that said, five people have been found shot to death in Queens. And I looked at the picture on the television, and I screamed for my friend who was in the house at the time. I said, oh, my God, that's my parents' house. And I got this feeling that went inside of me. I can't, I can't even, you know, anybody that's experienced any sudden shock or news or whatever knows what it is. It, it just feels surreal. And I immediately started shaking, and I felt like I was unable to drive. And I said, no, 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 that can't be. That can't be my parents' house. It must be the house next door, you know, because they had an attached house. Needless to say, I got another friend. My, my friend's father to drive me out there. I was shaking so much. And I took my son because I had to give him directions because he didn't know how to get out there. He pulled onto the block, and the block was filled with media and police. Um, I'm still not believing that this is this is something that's true. Uh, he got out of the car, and police were like, who are you? And I'm the daughter. I'm one of the daughters. I have three sisters. I got out of the car, and the police immediately escorted me into the next-door neighbor's house to my parents' house, and the door to my parents' house was covered in yellow tape, and police were everywhere. And when I got into my neighbor's house, my sister was already there, and the police were in there questioning us, and that's when they told us that they had found my parents, um, my nephew, and my youngest sister found shot to death, and another female who happened to be the girlfriend of my nephew. Oh, my, my Lord. Ne my nephew was my twin sister's only son. Oh, my Lord. And um, a lot of the rest of that night, I remember, was just a lot of questioning and the police asking us if we wanted to go into the house and remove anything, and uh, we just couldn't. Let me just back up a minute to say that my twin sister, whose son was killed with my parents, lived in Jersey, and I had to call her, as well as another sister in Georgia, and let them know that our parents had been murdered, along with our sister and my twin sister's only son. When I called my sister in Jersey, and I told her the news, I mean, you just don't know how to say something like that. You, you just don't know, because she was the one that had been calling me and saying, Susan, I can't reach mommy and daddy. I don't know what's going on. Daddy's car is in the driveway, I understand, but, you know, no one's, you know, they never came to court. No one's answering the phone. This is all day. I'm going through this with her. And so when I told her that everybody had been found dead, shot to death, and they didn't know who did it, needless to say, she just kind of dropped the phone and fell apart. Um, so anyway, um, it was just a difficult time, and, I think the worst part was um, discovering that this had been done by another family member, um, my sister and George's son, who was living with my parents at the time, and that's a whole other story. Um, wow. For a long time, I mean, he went to trial, he confessed, and all of this. Um, he went to trial, he confessed, they found him guilty. And for a long time, I would say about seven years, um, I became what some people said, a different person. I became angry. I became angry at God. I became, I just, I was an angry person. Everything pissed me off. I had very little patience for things. And, but most of all, I was angry at God because I felt like my parents didn't deserve this. You know, they were very active in the church. Um, my father was an usher, and my, my mother had done a lot of work with the senior citizens. And I'm like, why, God? I mean, they, they had a picture of the Lord in their room. And it was just, how could this happen to them? You know, I, I just could not understand that. What am I supposed to learn from this? Um, and so I really struggled with that. And, and I went to different churches, and I talked to different pastors and ministers and, you know, told them my story, looking for some answers or some solace or some peace, something. And I, I didn't get it. They all told me the same thing. You know, um, there's a lesson there, or, or, or God never gives you more than you can bear, and all the standard answers, and I didn't want to hear any of that. And, and I, did not, I still didn't understand, and I was so upset and angry. And then one day, I was just by myself, and I was with a, well, no, I wasn't by myself, I was with a friend. 
and we were talking about um, what had happened and my feelings and things because I would talk about it from time to time. Sometimes it would, you know, I would break down and cry because it just wouldn't let go of me. And other times I could accept it, but I was still angry. And we started praying together. And um, she said something to me about, you know, you've got to let this go. You know, it's going to destroy you if you don't let it go. And I said, I can't. You don't understand. It won't let me go. And I started talking about my nephew, the person responsible for this happening, who is now in jail for the rest of his life. And I started praying. And I started thinking about him. And I started praying some more. And I'm like, God, give me some peace. I need to get this off of my heart and out of my head. I need to get rid of this. I need some peace in my spirit. And I said, okay, God, I forgive him. I forgive him, Lord. I won't forget, but I forgive him, Lord. And I felt this huge weight, just a, a, a very strange sensation that went through me. And I felt, seriously, I felt like a weight had lifted off of me. And I said, God, I forgive him. I can't forget, but I do forgive him. And and my whole my whole being changed. My whole attitude changed. Everything toward life. I joined the church. I started going to church again. And I felt that I had truly forgiven him for this horrible thing that he did to my family, his grandparents and his cousins. And after that, I just started really trying to let go, and I did, and, and live my life. And I believe that when I forgave him, that God came back into my heart and into my spirit. And I truly believe that God is the person that gave me the peace that I needed to continue living my life. And um, Amen. 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 I just I just I just wanna this is um Evangelist Carmela Smith and I just wanna say that, that that is a powerful, powerful testimony in in forgiveness and in the release that one gets when they forgive and in and the mercy and grace and you know, you spoke about mercy and grace. She in her forgiveness is giving mercy and grace to the person that did this to her family, the way that God gives us mercy and grace in our own daily lives. Amen, sister. Yes, Thank you amen. For that I'm very blessed. Thank you. That and and it's so so awesome this, this testimony. I mean, because I know this was a process, and what I heard you say was that after you went here and there looking for some solace, some someone to comfort you, someone to give you some answers to all this that you just got on your knees or whatever position you were in, you said, let me pray. Let me pray to God because exactly I right. no answers from exactly anywhere. Right. It wasn't until I was, well, almost alone, I was with a friend and, and I just prayed and I'm like, God, you know, and maybe that's what I needed to do. I wasn't getting the answers I needed to hear from these pastors and ministers whom I thought could tell me what would heal me, what would make me feel better, if if there was such a thing. And I guess that's what I needed to learn, that I had to do it on my own, and I had to be one with God and say, God, please heal me, you know, remove this hurt from my heart, you know, and let me move on and forgive my nephew for doing this. I know you were Because it was, it was like this, you know, even when I'm hearing what you're saying, it was like you – you didn't want to actually go to God because there was some bitterness initially, which we yes. can all understand, you know, and so therefore it was like you didn't even really want to hear God at one point, That's you know, right. so you others seeking some answers from them. And it was only till you went to the grace wholeheartedly naked right. to him right. and said, look, I can't deal with this anymore, you know, God, you have to work through me. You're going to have to do something in me. That's when Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, just begins to pour himself upon you, and then the peace came, because you said that there was a peace, a lifting, you know, and Jesus brings a peace that passes all understanding, because one minute here you're wrestling with this, and the next minute 
you're at peace with it. And that's only through the blood of Jesus. That's only through Jesus Christ. Only Christ can minister that peace that leads, that just removes all doubt, you know, and then you just yield yourself to the spirit. And that is such an awesome, oh my, that testimony is awesome how, how Jesus just delivered you from you the know, anguish. You the, know the what I mean? Because about her, the other thing yes, about her testimony that I, found, that I find so powerful is that God didn't change the circumstances without. Everything that happened still happened. But what he did, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory hallelujah. to God, was change the circumstances within. Change Amen. the circumstances Amen. within Amen. her heart, within her yes. mind, within her spirit. And, and it's what Thank she you, said Jesus. about, you know, she went to this pastor, that pastor, this person, that person, but then she finally was able to go to the source. And God didn't take her back in time, time travel back to the event and make it unhappen. What God did was the event happened, but he changed her internally. He changed her in her spirit. He renewed her mind. He renewed yes. her spirit. He renewed her strength. Praise yes. the Lord. And, and oftentimes when we go to God or when we have a situation, we're looking for some external thing to happen when in reality, praise the Lord, we need God to come in and change the thing that's internal. Hallelujah. That's Glory internal, to you. Praise God. Yes. Thank you. And the thing Thank that's you, internal, when that thing, is, when that thing that's internally changed, then you see everything externally different. So yes. I just praise and honor and glory to God for Thank that you. powerful testimony. Hallelujah. Thank you, Carmela. That was that was, that right was on. Thank you, Lord. That was awesome. And I guess that's where it comes from renewing the mind daily. Absolutely. That we have to constantly renew our minds daily. It's not just something we just say, but we have to go within and renew right. our mind in the way we see things. Because how we see things when we even wake up, well, how we see things when we wake up, and when, if we don't keep God first, knowing that with him all things are possible and with him everything is good, and we have the power to create in our world, if we don't look at it in that perspective and know that his Holy Spirit rests, rule, and reside in us, and greater is he that's in me, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, then things won't change. But once we'll be able to able to go in and know that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world, then the whole world around us changes because exactly. it begins with us first. Amen? Praise the Lord. And, you Amen. know, often people have said to me, I don't know how, how you are not in an insane asylum. I don't know how you are able to live your life and go on. I would, I would be going crazy. And I said, you know what, I asked the Lord to forgive my nephew and I learned to let God deal with the rest. And he is dealing with this young man who is in jail. And he is dealing with my sister whose son did this horrible thing. And he's handling it. I don't have to deal with it. And he can do it better than I can. So I mm-hmm. learned to let go and let God take care of it. And that's hey. how I live my life. And you can only do what you can do. You took the first right. step. was trusting and believing in God. Believing and you God. started with prayer. You started with the communication because you're not going to communicate with someone if you don't believe there's someone that's listening. So you started with the prayer to God, asking for him to bring some type of solution to this. So you trusted even in the prayer that God was going to answer. You was already saying yes and amen. You were already giving thanks. You were already in a position of thanks and in a position to receive what God had for you. And you weren't doubting because even, at that point there was no other place to go. Even and, and you know what? And even in even in her not understanding why, even in her not understanding the what, the wherefore, the why come, all the questions that we have we as Christians sometimes have for God, why God, when God, how God, what God, even with all of that, she said, God. You know, she let go of question and she allowed God to come in but it was wow. a process I mean it took seven years and a lot of that process 
had to do with being in the presence of Sister Carmela because when I would be around her and see how anointed she was in the Holy Spirit, it really touched me. And at first it frightened me. I'm like, ooh, what's going on here? I didn't understand it. And then I would get these feelings that would run up my spine, and I'm like, oh, God. you know. And then I started praying, and then I started talking to God. And I started communicating in a totally different way instead of just talking to God when I needed something, you know, how, how folks do. And, and and the anger started dissipating slowly, and, and then I started being drawn to a church that I felt really comfortable with and at home, but then I still do. But I never lost that dialogue with God. I talked to God every day we talked. Every and, day. And, and, and you know what it is? You said you watched someone walk, and that's important as Christians, as believers, and as seekers, Discussing that at the last show, it's like you you learn by example. You see someone else's walk. You see you see what's in them, and you right. say, "What's so special about them? I want some of that. I want to know why they're able to go through so much and still have such a peace upon them and such a power even in their peace." You know, and it's like you want a part of that, and it's like something you've seen daily, maybe through her life and her testimonies that said, "You know what." If that's her God, I want to know her God. I want to pray her God. I want to worship her God, you know. And we thank God that her God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus is Lord over all. And, you know, it's like we have to set the examples. We're not perfect. And you knowing that, I don't believe she threw a Bible at you the first day you met her. (laughs) You know, I don't believe, you know, I don't know. Sure. But I'm sure you got to see Carmela, the trueness of who Carmela is and the trueness of who her God is in her. And through that, you were able to find the trueness of who your God is, you know, just from seeing a believer in action, worshiping and praising God. Like you said, it frightened you a little bit. But, you know, the spirit wrestles against the flesh anyway. So, therefore, you know, anything that we're used to, which is carnal and fleshly, is going to go against what the spirit is doing and saying. It's going to be so unnatural. But I believe in this hour and this day, the supernatural is going to become the natural for so many believers and so many seekers and the saints of God that it's going to be really starting to look very unnatural for people to move in the fleshliness of themselves. You know, I mean, so that is a great testimony, and I'm sure we'll be having callers come in, and, and, you know, I'm sure that you will be on again, you know, to share more testimonies, because I know you have so much more, but that testimony is like one, that testimony of forgiveness, you know, that is my life. That's, that's a, that's a I, you know, I know you're in the process of writing a book. You know, because that is something that will deliver so many people that are in bondage now that have difficulty with not only forgiving their mates and family members and, and, and just people for things that really are really insignificant, like, oh, you didn't, you know, do something for me or whatever, those E, my, my and I, you know, unforgivenesses. When they hear your testimony of what you had to walk through, that whole process, to come to the point, full circle, to know that with God, all things are possible. God is a healer and a deliverer. God is a way maker. God sends the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, to bring a peace that passes all understanding. God renews your mind, restores your soul, you know, and he maketh you lie down, you know, and, and, you know, and you had to submit to him. You had to relinquish all. I did in order for him to come in. You had to just say, I, Susan, am no longer in control of this, you know, and you actually literally had to give your sin to surrender your mind over to Christ so he can renew your mind with Christ's mind. To God glory, thank you for sharing your testimony. I see God using you in a great and mighty way. I see some books and seminars even coming forth from this for you, you know, and I'm just seeing a whole turnaround even in your situation and your family situation, some family situations, finances, and some dreams that you've had through your testimony, God is going to burst them forth. 
In Jesus Christ's holy name, to God be the glory. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and and now we have evangelist, prophetess Carmela. And um, Carmela, I just wanted you to just expound even some more on the forgiveness and God's grace and mercy, you know, because God's grace and mercy is something that, the believers and the saints need to know that it's nothing we could really do, nothing that we've done to deserve it. That's why it's grace and mercy, and it's just part of being a believer. You know, and I just want you to share that with our listeners um, tonight. Praise God. Praise, Praise God. the Lord. Well, you know, um, after hearing uh, and knowing, you know, Susan's uh, testimony, and, and seeing the transformation, um, forgiveness, grace, and mercy all kind of come together under one umbrella. Praise God. There's only one spirit, the Holy Spirit um, that, of God. And so it all comes together under that. And, um, well, grace is God's unmerited favor. We, it's nothing that we can do to earn that grace. That grace is given to us freely by the act of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross for our sins. And um, that grace, it manifests itself in so many different ways, ways that we don't even think of. God is unchanging. He doesn't change. Some days we wake up and we feel one way or we feel another way, but God's grace is still ever, ever present. I'm still caught up in, in Susan's testimony, praise God. I mean, that God moved my soul. Yeah, and can we, because praise the God. Can we just take a quick break for a second, um, and then we're going to get right back. Uh, I just want to take a quick break. It's only going to be about two minutes, and then we're going to get back to your testimony. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hold on. Stay right with me. We'll be right back. Okay. Line. Who's on 719? Look at the sky. Hello? It's the color of love. Line. Hello? Yes, who's on 719? Bishop Young. Right back. Young, we're going to be right back. We're just Greetings, everyone. We're back. We just needed a, a brief intermission, and now we're back. Uh, we have another person on the line. Uh, we have a Bishop Edgar Young, I believe, from Alabama on the line, and he's a great, mighty man of God. And so I just wanted to introduce him to everyone. We have uh, Evangelist Carmelo on the line and a great sister in Christ, Susan, on the line, who's just shared her testimony. And now we have Evangelist Carmelo on the line. She's going to share her testimony and then afterwards you can share yours. Praise God. Praise God. Praise, Praise God. God. Uh, again, I, again, I, I was just sharing about the grace and the, and the mercy of God. And um, Hello, Bishop Young. It's, it's great to fellowship Greetings. with you this evening. Mm. Greetings to you uh, and peace unto you. And, and please um, go ahead and, and share your testimony. I'm, I'm just high in the spirit right now, giving God all the praise and glory. Amen. Amen. So would you like to move forward, Bishop Edgar Young, with your testimony tonight? Amen. I have so many. I'm just trying to think of which one that I want to share. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
Amen. Uh, truly, first of all, I want to give honor to God, who is the head of my life, and just give him all the glory and honor and praise. Amen. Uh, Amen. Look back over my life. I, you know, I, I got saved when I was 28 years old, on my 28th birthday. In fact, I, uh, let me see, I uh, was invited to uh, church, and I, you know, pretty much ever since I was a, uh, child i i had been in church but never you know i just used to go like so many of us blacks that especially were raised in the south i'm a, from texas originally but i was raised in colorado springs but i remember when i was uh, really young my mother used to take me to a mount zion baptist church in uh marietta georgia and back then uh, it was like, you know, the churches, the Baptist church that I attended was pretty much like your uh, holiness churches today. They believed in the uh, power of God moving, spirit of God moving, and they prayed with the oil, and they believed in the speaking in tongues and as the spirit gave utterance. And I used to just love to go. I remember being in different revivals. Amen. And as time went on, uh, you know, and now my father was in the military, so we moved around quite a bit. So as time went on, I was able to visit various churches throughout my lifetime. Excuse me. And when I had moved to Colorado, I think we moved to Colorado first time around in 1960, about 1961. And, uh, you know, we moved away for a brief period, and then we came back. And I came back in about 69. All right. I was I used to attend a church there called St. John Baptist Church. And, you know, and I used to see our preacher, the preacher, the pastor of that church out. And, he, he, and I used to see him in various spots. And it, as I go by and I'd see him, I, you know, there was just some things that just struck my mind, you know, being a child. And I was thinking, I was saying, wow, well, and there ought to be a difference with uh, the people of God and the Amen. people of the world. Amen. But, you know. that last night. Amen. Amen. So, 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 point to it is, is that uh, I didn't, you know, I really didn't pay no attention there. You know, so, you know, and I was going to church on Sunday. And on Monday through Saturday, I was pretty much doing my own thing. And, you know, and, you know, and, and like I first started smoking marijuana at the age of 14 years old. And then from marijuana, I progressed into cocaine and uh, different other drugs. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I was doing LSD, uh, marijuana, mescaline, and, uh, God, there's so many different other drugs, THC. And uh, by the time I was... uh, had been out of school a couple of years. Then I was in the PCP, THC, uh, cocaine, and my God. So what I got involved with was selling. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm just, you know, just telling you kind of sort of the background where I come from, where the Lord brought me from. And, uh, so I had gotten into the drug scene pretty tough and, uh, you know, I, begin to run with uh, various crowds of people. And, you know, then I remember running with a couple of people. We used to stick up dope houses and amen. And, uh, but now also worked. Now, don't get me wrong now, you know, but also stole. But I worked, I stole, I did drugs. Amen. And then I got involved with the young lady and who we ended up getting married and, and uh, we had our first child, and then I kind of began to slow down. I was working at a place called Digital Equipment Cooperation, and uh, this Caucasian brother, never forget him, named West, Wesley Lucas, uh, kind of, you know, introduced me really to what living for God was all about. Amen. Uh, he, he, he had even went as far as giving me a Bible. Amen. And that meant a lot to me. And... Uh, you know, I and now don't get me wrong, I, I had stopped going to church by this time, but God was beginning to draw me. And uh, so 
what happened is uh, my wife and I at the time had a fight and a physical fight, you know, you know, I, if you've seen the movie Roots, you know, how Whoopi told uh, her uh, stepson to beat her, you know, don't beat her. <laughs> I learned not to hit her because she got hit back. Right, right, so, but right. <laughs> bless God. Oh, yeah. Bless God. She had planned on leaving me, but she went to this church, a holiness church. And this church that I'm a senior uh, bishop in now, House of Prayer, Holy Reformation Church at 324 uh, North Wasatch, downtown Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, she went night, and the founder, Elma Halsey, uh, had she laid she was she she stood in prayer for a marriage, and uh, the founder told her, they do not leave him. You know, the Spirit of God was speaking through her, saying, "Do not leave him," meaning me, that I'm going to give him a change of heart. Amen. So, uh, you know, and she went on a Friday night, and when she came home, you know, she got in late, and and we was talking, and she was telling me about the church and. She said, well, do you you want to go with me? And I said, well, I don't know. So anyway, just so things was working out that the very next day, was it, it was Saturday. So I went out Saturday night, and I stayed out to about 5 in the morning because it was like the night before my birthday. So I was out to 5 that morning, came in, liquor on my breath, and hopped in the bed. And I remember that next morning was Sunday morning. Never forget it. Uh, she woke me up about 7.30 and said, uh, Ed, you going to go to church with me? And uh, the first man said, yeah. And that second came back and said, no, nah, you're too tired. You just came in the house. So, but thank God I followed that first man, got up, took me a shower, put on me a black suit, white shirt, black tie, and black suit. Walked <laughs> past said, babe, don't I look like a preacher? Amen. <laughs> So I went to church. So I went to church that Sunday morning, uh, giving God all glory and honor and praise. And uh, when I got there, I'll never forget. It was a nice, cool, beautiful Sunday morning. Sun was shining. wasn't a cloud in the sky, and it just happened to be my birthday. And I said, about third row from the back, Amen. On the left hand side, on the right hand side, Amen. And the woman of God was up preaching. You, you, you have to live holy. Amen. And, and just about that message preached under the anointing that touched me. And uh, she called She gave, She gave. called for a prayer line for those who need prayer. My wife went up and the Spirit of God touched her. And, and, you know, I and I wasn't used to anything like that. And I was thinking to myself, now what have they done to my wife, you know? And uh, <laughs> anyway, after church, I went back and talked to the, uh, pastor, which happened to be her husband at that time, and he was telling me, uh, I was telling about how my brother got killed in a car accident, and then he began to speak to me about the dead raising revival, and and then uh, somehow we got on the subject of salvation and being baptized, and he asked me had I been baptized. I told him, yeah, in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. So he, did, so he took me to Acts 2 and 38 where Peter told him, said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Amen. they called the church back. He asked me, Well, brother, when do you want to be baptized? I said, Well, now is just as good as time as any. I said, Because tomorrow's not promised. Amen. Amen. So this Amen. time uh, the church was being dismissed, but uh, they called all the church back in, and then they prayed for uh, me and my companion at that time, and and uh, they baptized us in Jesus' name, and amen, uh, uh, and, 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 and that's when I began my journey with the Lord, and it was like I tried smoking weed the next week, and uh, the Lord spoke to me audibly and said, I'm in here now, you can't have both, and I looked up, I said, man, this must be some good weed, I put this weed out, I said, well... I went back in, and I was halfway lit up, you know, and I said, well, when I go home, I'm going to try this again. So when I got home that night, I fired that joint back up, and the Lord spoke to me again and said, I'm in here now. You can't have both. I put the, I took the weed. I put it out. I said, Lord, forgive me, and 
I took my sack and I shook it out to the air and I said, God, I never smoke weed again, you know. Bless God. From that time on, well, it's been that next week that I received the Holy Ghost and I and I've been running for the Lord ever since. Amen. And God has Amen. Took Praise the Lord. That stuck up dope houses. I mean, man, we used to uh God, we used to run Murphy's on people taking their money four, five, six hundred dollars. You know what's interesting though about which was inter- what's interesting about your testimony is that you said the night before you went to church, you you were hanging out. You got home at five o'clock that morning, and oh, God already God already knew what He was going to do with you without you even <laughs> understanding or realizing what He was all night while you were out partying. God was like, uh huh, I got a time for you. You know, I'll be I'll be meeting up with you tomorrow at church. And you know, it's interesting because even and that's the thing about grace and mercy that that I'm. So I'm compelled by this thing because even in our own foolishness, when we don't even realize, God is yet still giving grace and mercy, and he always brings us to that place of him. Amen. Amen. So God has a good sense of humor because you said you were partying because the next day was your birthday. Right. And guess what? New birthday. I was down. Friday and Saturday nights, I used to go out anyway because, you know, I used to, I, I was out there at 100 miles now. And the thing to it is, is that after she went to church and, and, and God had already begun to deal with me because I used to look up to the heavens and ask God, said, what am I doing out here? But it just so happened that that night is that uh, I didn't know that I was going to go to next NBC, but God already had appointed a day and a time I salvation. One thing about coming into God and and and, and what you know being uh, brought into the uh, family and and being born again is this you know grace covers us as as up until we come into the knowledge of the truth, Amen. And this is what so many believers and, and unbelievers you know they might have problems with. And one thing about me and and God have made me sort of like a a Bible scholar with with ever going to a cemetery, I mean seminary, uh, like that. Our, our Bible college was an in-house Bible college, which God himself, he, he taught us the word of God through the founder and her teaching us how to get the word for ourselves as far as fasting, seeking God, and uh, of spending time with, with God. At an early age in, in my Christian walk, God even on my job, God had the right people there to kind of help uh, uh, encourage me along the way. As far as you know, uh, a brother, uh, you know, got you know, fast and pray, seek God. Well, I was, oh God, I was brought up. I, I had never fasted, and it just so happened I went out and I committed this uh, sin. I went to church on that uh, uh, Sunday morning because I hadn't came into the knowledge of the word that like I have now. But I went to church on that Sunday morning, and and just so happened the woman of God was up preaching. She was preaching on my sin. And I said, God, you found me out. I said, God, forgive me. I said, God, I'm going to go on a three-day fast. I went on a three-day fast, and Jesus himself appeared to me, amen, on that fast. And, 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 that he, and, and, and my God, he just began to deal with me concerning the church, period, the bride of Christ, amen. At first she was beautiful, and then all of a sudden that she began to decay. And I, and in uh, total amazement, he spoke to me and said, "This happened to her because of sin." And at the time when I had the vision, being a young uh, Christian and just beginning to walk with God, I did not understand the vision until in the latter years. Now I fully understand what God was showing. See, the thing to it is if. When if we look in the scriptures and especially in the book of Hebrews, the tenth chapter, it'll actually tell you that uh, if a man, after coming to the truth uh, or the knowledge of God's truth, and he willfully sins, he says there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a fearful look of judgment and a fiery indignation. Now, what it happens is with the Christian and uh, in, in, in just say in Christian growth, and in, and it's just like with our natural children that God gives us time. 
And yeah. just like you have some children that are not as fast as others, you know, you you might have one that's very smart, smart and catch on really quick in a, a family. Say, like you might be in a family for four or five children. You might have one that's very smart and one that's halfway, and then you have one that's uh, kind of average, and then you might have that slow one. Now, that slow one sometimes gives you a lot of problems, but then being the parent even of that slow one, you yet love that slow one just as much as you do the one that catches on real, real fast. And hey, this hey, is hey, how I'm God... I mean, that, that's the thing about God is that he knows each one of us individually before we were. knows us individually. He knows as we are, and he sees us as we will be. You know, that's the thing about God, and that's the thing about his, his grace and his mercy is that, you know, every path may be different, but for those that he, he, he's chosen, all those paths are going to lead to him. Amen. Right. And, 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 the, and, and the greatest thing about it is is this. As it says in Romans 8, chapter, who shall lay charge to God's elect? Amen. See, one thing about it is that what God says in the book of Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, he said that he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But he said the soul that sin, it shall surely die. Okay, but then the thing to it is it's because of God's mercy. Now, this is where mercy comes in. That See, mercy rests against judgment. That even though, and and that's why in First John, I believe it's the uh, second chapter, where he said, uh, my little children, these things I write, uh, that you sin not, but if any man sin, he have an advocate uh, of Father, Jesus Christ. All right, but now he also says, goes on to say that he's just and faithful to forgive them that acknowledge and forsake. Amen. See, now that's the key to the whole thing is that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. To forgive us when we acknowledge from. See, because what? Because now what happens is, and there's a, a, a group of people out there that actually believe that once saved, always saved. Well, I'm the uh, pastor that don't believe like that. Matter of fact, the Bible doesn't teach that at all. Rather, it teaches us that in Romans, the sixth chapter, says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Says, God forbid it. Amen. Because then it goes on to tell us that so many of us that were baptized, we, we were baptized into Jesus' death. Amen. That's why... When we read in Romans the eight, I, I just happened to hear somebody bring up Romans the eighth chapter, is that there's there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, Jesus. not after but after the Spirit. Right. Amen. You know, also, also in Romans eight chapter, there's the, there I believe the, eight, the last verses are um, find persuaded that neither death nor life nor angel, nor principality, nor power, nor present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And right. So, and the Bible also says that where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. You know, so because we're not perfect, we, we are going to miss the mark. We are going to fall short. We are not perfect. And that's you know what? You five forty eight says. I mean, I mean, since we since you took it to that level, I'm going to show you something here. See, we are perfect in Him, and if we would yield ourselves, even though men might find fault, see, but God looks beyond fault. But the whole thing is about keeping the word. Saint Matthew five verse forty eight. Tell me what it says. It should say, "Be ye therefore." Now, uh, for those that know English, what be ye therefore means, that's what he expects you to be. So mm-hmm. if St. Matthew 5:48, and that's the words of Jesus, now that's not my word. No, 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 you're, you're exactly right. But my point is this. My point is that we as a church here on earth, we as the body of Christ, are not going to be perfect until the head comes back, until we're okay. united with Christ. And this is why the Bible says that his mercies are brand new each day. This is why the Bible speaks about grace as much as it does. This is why we have God's unmerited favor. This is why we have to go to God in prayer and repent of our sins and transgressions and ask God for forgiveness. 
you know, we we are not perfect. I have. In, in our daily walk, we miss the mark all the time. And so oh. we have a God. That's why we have the advocate, Jesus Christ. Oh. That's yeah. why we have an advocate two, with the Father. Two questions. Two questions. One, then what would then what does then what does Paul mean in Romans the sixth chapter when he says this? Uh Romans six and uh uh uh, 12. He said, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye, ye should not obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield yourself as, as, as members as instruments, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Because remember now, as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, was baptized into his death. And it says, therefore, we are buried with him by the baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. You but the point that I want to hear walk. Should is no walk. Is walk. First. Okay, in the newness of life. And first. Don't mean to interrupt. Oh, we, sure. we, 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 we don't have that much time, and, and oh. I want um, this to be testimony because um, we got three more minutes remaining. But I did want to read um, just a brief uh, sentence from Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy Amen. and find to that was one of my scriptures of me. <laughs> so with, with that, it's uh-huh. saying, I understand from both of your points of view of, the grace and the mercy. I mean, you don't intentionally know if you're not supposed to be fornicating. You don't just go and fornicate because then you will see the consequences of it, right? But God's grace and mercy still abounds even in that. Not saying that you're just going to be able to skip through the park after you've done it. You will pay the price. You're going to have to pay a price. There's, well, there's a percent. But God will continuously allow you to come to him, and his grace and the blood of Jesus and his mercy will cover you. But you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer from that. You're going to reap that, that um, what you sow. What you sow, you shall reap. God is not mocked. even in So, therefore, we have to really, once we come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's a daily walk that we have to work on. No, we're not perfect. We're perfect in Christ. But when we're stepping outside and we know the truth of who we are in him, we have to move towards that. And if we fall, we get up, you know, and God's right. grace allows I, us to get up. And God's mercy yeah, allows us yeah. to get up. I, I, I totally agree, but I still, I still hey, stand on, you know, let me I stand, I stand there is on no condemnation in Christ. So, but so, it also. Know ye not whom ye yield yourself servant to obey his servant ye are to whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Now, also in the book of Hebrews, hello? Yes. Oh, then hello. Hebrews second chapter, it tells us the first verse, therefore we ought to give a more earnestly to the things which we've heard, lest any time we let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression disobedient received just recompense of reward, how should we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which comes back to what you just said, if you know. See, the Bible says that to him, to given much fire. I think you can know, and I think that you can become weak. I think that you can backslide, and that's why God talks about the backslider. I believe that there are sincere Saved, Jesus loving Christians filled with the Holy Spirit who are not perfect, but who strive to walk in, in, in perfection and who seek the Lord every day. And I just got one question. I stand for those people who are, let me just say, I stand for those people who have come to the knowledge of Christ and who are still learning. Still, there are people who have come to the knowledge of Christ who are on milk. There are people who are on meat. The people who are on milk are not perfect. They're learning. And so they're they are learning. 
and, and truly, as I said, God, in this thing. There are people who are on me. They're, they're mighty ministers who have fallen before the nations. Ministers sure, they, that have been on television, they, ministers but, that have been around the world. Only bad thing about that is mercy and his forgiveness came upon them that they they had to repent and they had to suffer the consequences. But if it were not for his grace and his mercy, we would all be condemned. We would all true said here in the seventh chapter of Matthew, he says, not everyone that say unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to end, enter into the kingdom. He said, only those that do the will of his Father. That's why he says, strive to enter in at the straight gate. That's the difficult gate. So in other words, that it's God that judges every man's heart, because no man knows his own heart. As the Bible said, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And God says, nobody knows the heart but he so the thing to it is, he said that he is a God of judgment, uh, a God of knowledge, and by him our actions are weighed. So the, 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 the point to the whole thing is this. The Bible also tells us that every man's works are going to be tried as by fire. Well, Amen. It, uh, it, it is. If I, if I could just interject for one second. Prophet yeah. Department, are you there? Yes. Oh yes, okay. I am. I mean, this, I, okay. this is good, and I'm I'm agreeing with both of you here. But um, no, I, I my 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 time is my time is uh, pretty much okay. up. But I have yeah, certainly okay. enjoyed enjoyed uh, this dialogue, and yes. and you know, as well, I sign off, I just want to say thank God for His grace and His mercy. I've been saved since 1983. And in all the years that I've been saved, I can tell you I haven't had one perfect day. The only perfect, perfect days that I've had is the fact that I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Other than that, I haven't had a single perfect day except for when God wakes me up by his grace and mercy, breathes life into me, and allows me to come back home at night and lay my head down and say, thank you, Lord, for all that you've given me. Other than that, I am a human being, you know, saved by grace, and I love the Lord. So, you know, I just I thank God for his grace and mercy. I hold on to that. And for all the listeners out there, those that are struggling with an addiction, those who want to come to God and can't seem to let go of something, all I want to say to them is that God is grace, God is mercy, and God is love. And just continue to look to God, and God will deliver you and you will find yourself in the word and the word will minister to you in love and in grace and in mercy and as the word ministers to you you will be transformed and you will be changed by the spirit of god it's not overnight it's not about condemnation because there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus you will make mistakes you will backslide. You will fall to your knees. And thank God we have an advocate, Christ Jesus, Hallelujah. who will help and lift us up and bring us up to him. Amen. So I just want to give all praise and honor and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to thank you, Prophetess Carmen, for allowing me this time on the air. I want to thank, give uh, praise thank to God, God for Sister Susan's testimony. And I enjoyed dialoguing with you, Bishop, as well. And this is Evangelist Carmela Smith signing off. Good night, everybody. Before you leave, Evangelist, you need to come back on and share your testimony because we don't we don't have time now. But I really would like you to you know come back on and share your testimony of who Christ has been and who Christ is in your life and the process that you've gone and share your experience of Christ because the no, listeners I, I love you. you. I love Thank you. Thank you. I love you. God bless you. So much. God bless. Um, um, And I thank everyone on the call for coming in. I thank you, Bishop Edgar, for taking the time out to come in and share your testimony. I thank you, Sister Susan, for sharing that awesome testimony um, of your experience. And I thank you, Carmela, for sharing your testimony. Bless you all. God bless you. Thank you. Um, And remember, most of all, I love you, but most of all, Jesus Christ is the greatest love of all. And God's grace 
and mercy abounds even in this hour. So continue to seek him, continue to pray to him, continue to trust in him. And if you fall, you get up. Don't stay down. Believe me, that is the enemy to stay down. You have to get up, and you get up, and you lift your hands up and praise to thank God that God gives you another day and another opportunity to come to him, to praise him, to worship him, to, to seek him, to seek his face, and know through all of that that he will deliver you and he will bring you through because he loves you. He loves you, and his hands is always open for you to run to him. So never think that you can't get up. You can always get up, and you can get up and raise your hands and lift your holy hands to the Heavenly Father, knowing that he is Lord over all, and he is a healer and a deliverer, and his grace and mercy does abound. Thank you, Jesus. And until the next time, stay in the word and call in with your testimonies, because the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, and your testimony is your ministry. That is your ministry. So call in. I thank you for listening, and God bless.